I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Sabbath Sunday for Kingstown Communion. Hey there. Happy to have you tune in along with us as we uh, take a break from being at Island Creek and enjoying time around the holidays to be together. Uh, But we thank you for listening in. So let's start with a song that I think most of you will remember from (laughs) some point in your life. A neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's take the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? Hi, neighbor. Hi, neighbor. Hey. Hey, neighbor. So good to be with you. Uh, I am so glad to worship with you. We're here, but we're not really here. Ooh. That's what Sabbath Sunday is. Um, So next Sunday is Epiphany Sunday. And so this season that we're in right now, we're kind of in that middle ground period of Christmas. Guess what? Christmas, Christmas begins on Christmas Day. And so we are currently in the 12 days of Christmas and um, January 5th is Epiphany. And what we traditionally think is that through these days of Christmas, the the wise men who you might already have in your nativity scene, um, bless them, are not there yet. They are traversing, um, they're following the star to the manger. Um, 
Mary and Joseph are in the manger more than one night. They're, they're in the manger many nights as the shepherds show up and as the wise men show up. And Epiphany Sunday is when we celebrate the wise men showing up on the scene. Um, and for many reasons, the wise men showing up on the scene is uh, revolutionary to this story because uh, the wise men aren't Jewish. Um, which is it's different the, there's these outsiders um, and, and these wise men come and it, it's one of the first glimpses we get in this New Testament narrative that this God is for all people that this Christ is born and will die for all and so um, would you pray with me today join me in an opening prayer for this time together um, that God would, um, would repair our hearts and our minds uh, so the Lord be with you also with you. Let's pray. God, our great star, the star we follow to the destination of Jesus, to the way of Jesus, until our lives match Jesus' lives, life. God, our star, we, we stand in awe of you. We stand in awe of, of your light that lights the way and your light in us. Burn anew in us today, God. Lead us today. Carve out a path for us today that is uniquely your way and not our own. That we might mimic the life of Jesus who said not my will but yours. Even when his cup was too much to bear. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus, the light of the world, Emmanuel, God with us, the great star that guides our way. Amen. Amen. Our scripture today is this story. And, you know, this is a common part of the story we tell of the nativity, but we don't read this passage very often, actually. We read a lot from Luke um, for Christmas. We read um, Luke 2 on Christmas, and we we read that the wise men showed up, but we don't read the full story of, of how they got there and who sent them. And so hear the word of the Lord today in Matthew 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born in Bethlehem. In Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly 
and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for this child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, and he said, and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for this child to kill him. And so he got up and took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled that the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then he, then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. You're the only one here to respond to me, Brad. I do what I can. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so we are beginning a new sermon series that we're super excited about. And you may be a little like, eh, at first because well, we're beginning a sermon series based on the faith of Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers. So, you know, the movie came out and what's his name? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. We all love Tom Hanks. And America's we find dad. out, yeah, America's dad. And then, then you find out that Tom Hanks is related to Fred Rogers, just makes it more endearing and lovely. And so um, I don't know if you've seen the movie yet or not, but I have now twice. Um, Melissa made me go see it a second time with her. Uh, and it's okay. It was great. Research. We did, re yeah, we called it research. Um, but this movie is unlike anything you would expect it to be, though. So if you've seen it, you know what I mean. I've heard some people say they could not stand the movie because they thought it was going to be this um, kind of happy-go-lucky, um, uh, you know, upbeat, maybe a little bit documentary, a little bit um, biography of Fred Rogers with some, you know, information about why we like him so much, why he's so kind and all of that. And it's not that at all. In fact, um, what I loved about it is it's more richly who Mr. Rogers is. Um, he's kind of known, uh, Mr. Rogers, because it, I don't know if you grew, I grew up on Mr. Rogers. Did you grow up on Mr. Rogers? Yeah. So like, if you grew up on Mr. Rogers, you remember the trolleys and the weird puppets and the, the same songs over and over again. And, and I, I totally remember going through a stage when I thought it was not cool at all to like Mr. Rogers. Um, and so you think he's the, that friendly guy, the one that sings those friendly songs and he has the neighborhood and it's really kind of kitschy and corny. 
but down deep, what Mr. Rogers is doing is profound. And so you might have read about this a little bit, but when you watch this movie, it's not a, a happy movie. In fact, it's not even really about Mr. Rogers. It's, it's as if they create an entire episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood where an adult is doing the hard work on themselves. And so the story is about this adult, this man, who writes an article in Esquire in the 90s about Mr. Rogers, and he's bitter and he's angry about his life. And he is just writing this article off. He, he, every time he writes about anybody, he digs in and makes them look like a horrible human being, right? And so he's like, you sent me to Mr. Rogers. There must be something really, there must be something else about this guy. And so I'm gonna dig out and I'm gonna find out the thing that, that nobody knows about Mr. Rogers, that then they, I'll blow up this story and he's not as kind, he's so fake, right? And he goes in and instead does this, this whole work on himself. The thing about Mr. Rogers is it's much less about being a good neighbor to, or creating a neighborhood out in the community. Mr. Rogers is all about neighboring yourself first. What does it look like to be kind to yourself? Um, and that when I am a good neighbor to me, I'm able to be a better neighbor to those around me. So what does this have to do with the Magi, right? Like, as we are moving towards Epiphany Sunday and this sermon series is gonna fall over the season of Epiphany, um, Epiphany is the season right after Christmas where, okay, so Jesus has been born and I'm sitting at the base of the manger in awe and now the question isn't any longer is, is, is God going to come or is Jesus going to come or when is the Messiah going to come? The question now is, now that this Messiah has come, who, who is this Messiah and who am I in light of the God who comes in, a, in the form of a baby? Who am I? I don't know if you remember last year this time we did another series that was called who am I? Is that what we called it? I think so. Yeah. yeah, we sang a song. There were songs about it. Maybe we'll bring that song back up. Um, it's this perfect season to do this deep work on ourselves. Um, and so that's what we're going to be doing. We're not going to, we're not talking about Mr. Rogers and creating a cutesy neighborhood at the base of Kingstown. We're talking about what is the neighborhood we're setting up in ourselves and how does that impact how we are neighbors to other people? Um, that whole, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself, but it starts here first. And so it's going to be seven weeks, and I'd love to share with you some of the, the things we'll talk about over the next seven weeks. Um, so when we gather, here, here are some of the, the, so we're saying this sermon series is going to be called um, A Neighbor Just Like You. That that you are, you are loved and, and you belong just as you are. And I think that is dismissed many times by adults. We, we think it sounds simple and of course, right? But I'm not sure how well we know it when one of our number one sin that eats away, with, away at us is envy, right? Social media has built this culture of envy and, oh, if I only had their house and I only looked like them and I only had their kids and I only had their life and 
we're envious all the time. And so do we really know that we are perfect, that we are, we are good, that we are loved just as we are? exactly as we are. And so that's the name of our series. And here we're going to move through these seven faith practices, these seven, um, uh, yeah, these virtues, seven virtues that Mr. Rogers lived and preached every day. And he didn't preach it like I preach on a Sunday morning. He preached it through a television show to little kids. Um, and so here are these seven virtues. I want you to just reflect on them. Virtue number one, feelings matter and are manageable. Number two, goodness is the bedrock of who you are. Number three, our differences are what make us beautiful. I think we need to hear that in our world today. Number four, we all need a, a liturgy, a rhythm to live by. We all need some pattern to pattern our lives around. Number five, self-examination and self-questioning leads to self-awareness. Number six, and this is a huge one right now in our political divide, the way our country is, honest conversation is an expression of love. And number seven, heaven is like a really healthy neighborhood. These, um, and so I, it's kind of weird to say they're virtues or their practices. They seem more like, um, I don't know, epiphanies. Maybe we'll call them that. This is the season of epiphany. These are our seven epiphanies for the season, but we also then live them out, right? So they become virtues and practices as we begin to live those those epiphanies we're having out in the world. And so as we are wrapping up um, this, this Christmas um, season, um, coming to the close of this Christmas season, we are not done with this story yet. Um, we are, um, let, me, let me read to you a little bit out of this book that, um, so this is actually my friend, uh, my friend Shay Tuttle, her husband is a clergy member with me. Um, he's a clergy person, a, a United Methodist clergy person, and in uh, in Richmond and she has written a book on the life and faith of Mr. Rogers. I believe we're, we're working it out but she's going to come speak with us. This is the book that I've been kind of reading and mulling over as I'm preparing the sermon series for us and how I pieced pulled out those those seven epiphanies but in light of the, the Christmas story I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this part that she writes. She says um, through Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, Fred Rogers acknowledged children's very real feelings and walked through those feelings with them. And I would say that this movie kind of takes us to this place of Fred acknowledging adults' very real feelings and walking through those feelings with them. He was taking a cue when he did this from Christianity's central story in the Gospels, God takes on humanness and enters the world in the person of Jesus. God participates very personally in human struggles and, and fears. And so Fred modeled this divine care intentionally. 
when I say what we do through Mr. Rogers' neighborhood is theological, he said, I'm referring to the incarnation. That's the basis of everything he did. He told, he told an interviewer in 1971, the incarnation means man is not isolated. There is someone who cares and understands, always. There's always someone who cares and understands. One of my favorite phrases that's kind of going to kind of drive us um, through this season, one of my favorite phrases from, from Fred is he, he says, um, gosh, pain is real. Pain is very human. And anything that is human is mentionable. And anything that is mentionable is manageable. I mean, that's... He said that that's, that was his core belief as he worked with children. But how profound is that for adults? Those who have a longer story, who have experienced perhaps many more years of pain or of burying things down deep because we got to grow up and, you know, you got you to gotta let go of it. You got to oh, don't, don't let it bother you anymore. So we push it down. But that's very, it's just very human, and anything human is mentionable, and anything mentionable is manageable. So often we can't manage it because we haven't mentioned it. So we're going to be working through that together in this series, these epiphanies um, from Fred Rogers, and these epiphanies really that are just from Jesus. Because these, these wise men set out on this journey to the manger, and they think that they have they have a, a, a purpose, they've been sent to do this, and then they get to the foot of the manger, and th this is nothing like what they ever expected. They had heard about a king, and they expected it would be a king on a horse somewhere, or this king would be crowned with jewels, they'd come to the base, of, even if it's a baby, that king's going to grow up, right, he's going to have a crown, and he's going to have stallions, and he's going to have, you know, a scepter, like, they come to the base of this manger, though, that they expect jewels are going to be, because they heard about it and it's a it's a stable and then they're in awe and they go who is this god who comes like a baby and who am i and what am i here for who am i in light of this god who shows up in a way i could never imagine who am i and they they do a 180 and they don't go back to herod instead they submit their lives to jesus and so this, I'm going to read one extra little little piece for you as we sum up um, this, that the incarnation is, is this, this very human thing, and that um, our humanness is mentionable and manageable, that you are, you are loved just as you are. And here are the, the lyrics to this song that he writes, um, that is, I like you just the way you are. And you can think of these, you might have heard this before because you know the show for children, but I want you to think about it in light of the adult you are and what you know about yourself. And imagine Jesus saying these words to you. I like you just as you are, exactly and precisely. I think you turned out so nicely and I like you as you are. I like you as you are without a doubt or question or even a suggestion, because I like you as you are. I like your disposition, your facial composition, and with your kind permission, I'll shout it to a star. 
I like you as you are. I wouldn't want to change you or even rearrange you, not by far. I like you. I like you. I like you. Yes, I do. I like you. You. I like you like you are. Would you pray with me? God, we know that it's by your grace, it's by your love that you accept us in all our fragility. You accept us just as we are, with all of the baggage we carry with us, with all of the things we wish we would do but never do do, with all of the ways we long to be faithful but don't live up with all the ways we say we're going to take on new practices. We're going to read our Bible through in a year. We're going to pray more. We're going to forgive our neighbor. We're going to serve the church more. And all the ways we fail at that. You love us and you receive us just as we are. And that is the message of grace that is the crux of the gospel that there's nothing we can do to change your love for us and so this story and fred's story and mr rogers neighborhood story is not a story for just for children it's a story for us and it's harder to get at us because we have put up so many walls that prevent that story from really seeping in when, when children are so much more willing to hear it. And so we ask that you would crack us open a little bit, God, and make us more willing and vulnerable to deal with our feelings, to mention them so that we can manage them better, so that we can manage our anger we can manage our desire for control. We can manage our depression and our anxiety. And we pray that prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together now um, a song that celebrates this great incarnation, this beautiful humanness of Jesus.
hope you'll join us for worship on January 5th. Um, January 5th is Epiphany Sunday. Uh, together that day, we will um, kind of recommit our lives. We will have Epiphany chalk blessings, which is always a huge hit. We'll have the chalk for you, and you can take it home, and you can mark your um, your doorposts. Or, but I also invite you, though, since we're in this, that you're as you're thinking about yourself, you're also thinking about your neighbor, right? So, like as you're being a, a neighbor to yourself, you're you're learning how to neighbor better. So through this, you know, beautiful day in the neighborhood sense, we may ask you to do an epiphany chalk blessing on your house, but also maybe on the on the street in your cul-de-sac, or maybe also on the sidewalk that your neighbors might walk down, um, uh, kind of extending this blessing out into the world. And so um, come and join us for that. And so hear this benediction. I'm going to do a benediction from, um, from Fred's words one more time. And then we're going to sing... And should we tell them that the, these are the theme songs? Maybe. Sure. So you're going to hear these songs every week for the next seven weeks. Yeah. Because uh, we are going to kind of make Sunday morning worship every week for the next seven weeks. Basically an episode of Mr. Rogers. And so that's going to be fun. And so, yeah, we sang A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. We're also going to sing, um, you know, Mr. Rogers' famous Indian song, too, which the words are beautiful and perfect for church. And so I don't know if you ever heard of them, heard, heard them in that way, but they're great. But here are these words. This is a prayer that Mr. Rogers um, prayed. It's is the last thing Mr. Rogers offered in his first week of National Neighborhood episodes was this, this prayer. Um, he said, and so he says good night, um, but we're going to say good day, okay? Because since we're meeting today, good day, God, and thank you for this very lovely day. Thank you, too, for keeping us at work and at our play. Thank you for our families, for each and every friend. Forgive us, please, for anything we've done that might offend. Keep us safe and faithful, God. Tell us what to do. Good day, God, and thank you, God, for letting us love you. Good day, God, and thank you, God, for letting us love you. I don't know what that reminds you of. It's basically the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> basically. Um, and so go now in the love of God our Father and the grace of his Son, Jesus Christ, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And let's sing. This should be fun. It's such a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside. And when you wake up ready to sing, I think I'll make a snappy new day. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling. The feeling you know that I'll be back when the day is new. And I'll have more ideas for you. And you'll have things you'll want to talk about. I will too. It's such a good feeling, a very good feeling. The feeling you know that when 
week, neighbor. See you next week. <laughs>